only listening to this part now. But we're almost at the end. We've got what? One more Brosnan movie? No, I think there's two more. I two think you did four. Two more Brosnan movies and then two Craig movies and then we're done. Right. So people have, and we mentioned this at the top of the show, people are speculating, will, will we do anything? And will we even talk about movies? What will they be? We have an answer that we're working on. So I'll just, uh, the answer may be no, we're not doing anything, but uh, we're working on an answer. Faith the other day said, what is it with Bond? What, what, what did you want to know? We do Bond on the show. The, okay. the last, well, we've been talking every, every movie that's come out. We started, how many, what movie are we up to? Is it 16, John? Tomorrow Never Dies is number 18. 18. So we've done 18. And that doesn't, no, that's a, and that doesn't count Never Say Never So again. 19. And okay. we also talked about the uh, movie that shall not be named. So really it's 20. So Faith, we've just been going over and John and I will watch, we'll watch a movie and they're in order. So in chronological order, since the Bonds have uh, come out, starting with the very first one all the way up, 20 of them now, and the audience also, they know which one is coming next. So the audience as a whole goes and gets the next Bond movie. They watch it. And then we all come together here and we talk about it. And we sort of analyze. Have you seen all the Bond? You've seen all the Bond movies, of course. All the Bond movies? No, I cannot say that I have. not? No. Have you seen Tomorrow Never Dies? I have. So this one you're familiar with, with Gupta? Yes. Okay. Did you like this one? Um, out of oh, now I'm scared to answer. Oh, go go! Everybody has their own opinions. Like, who is your Bond when you grew up? Who was your Bond in your mind when you think of James Bond? Who's the first actor that you? This one, Pierce Brosnan. Bar- Brosnan. Is I yours. like Goldeneye is my favorite out of his. Yeah. See, for for me, the Bond that I like now the best still, John, is is Connery. But the right. Bond that was my Bond growing up, Faith was Roger Moore. But now I can't stand those movies now. So what did you think of this one, John? Tomorrow Never Dies. I thought it was good. It was better than I remembered it. I liked the, I liked the first half, though. It's another one, though. Write, write down my theory that the first half of the movie is way better. Than way that. better. I, I would go so far as to say the contrast in this one between the first half and the second half, there was more of a contrast between good and not good than any of the, any of the Bonds up to now, maybe. Would you the con- other the other thing that really really stuck out, and I, I don't, I mean, you surely everybody who's following along thought of it this week. It just seems incredibly coincidental that this would be the week for this movie. I know, given the Rupert Murdoch news of the world yes, scandal over England, we, and we were supposed to do it last week too. Eighty seven, when this was new, it was so obvious to anybody who has any any kind of a media geek that the Anthony Carver was it Anthony Carver? Car, Car, well, let me well, check whatever his, his name was. Name. Rupert Carver. Rupert was Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> right? Yeah, Elliot Elliot Carver. You know, yeah, with propaganda TV station, right? You know, clearly Fox News. You know, his tabloid newspapers. Yeah, you know. all tied together, and he's just sort of sitting there in the in the dark, like tweaking the headline, and it's great though. I've got I've got a special guest here. I'm not quite sure how interested he is. Oh, in we got to get him in. We got to do this. Is he ready? I've got my son Jonas here, age seven. He's been watching most of these movies with me as we go. He watched Tomorrow Never Dies with me last night. That's great. He's well. He's a great barometer because he can he has his finger right on the pulse of this, and he can tell us probably better than you and I whether a movie is cool or not. Right now, this is a movie that, from his perspective, was made seven years before he was born. So for me, I was born in 1973. That would be the equivalent to say you only live twice. Twice, yeah. So what did you think, Jonas? Do you want to talk? It was good. 
was it one of your favorites or not one of your favorites? No, it was. It wasn't one of my favorites. Why not? What do you think? Can what do you he, think? Can about, he hear me, John, or is he just? Yeah, he can hear you. We've, we're we're sharing a mic here. All right, oh, cool. uh, earphones. Can you hear Dan? What do you think of now? You've seen two. You saw Goldeneye last week, and you saw this one. What do you think of of the guy who's playing James Bond now, Pierce Brosnan? He's good. Do you like him better than uh, the last one right before this? Remember Timothy Dalton, the, the guy in uh, License to Kill? I think I like this guy better. I agree with you. All right. What about this guy versus Roger Moore? Roger Moore was the guy from... Uh, he had the White Lotus that went underwater. What do you think about this guy versus Roger Moore? Which guy do you like better? That's a hard question. Who do you think is tougher? Who do you think would win in a fight? Yeah, who would win in a fight? Roger this guy Moore or Roger Moore? And this guy. Um, I think it might be Roger Moore. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And what about this guy versus Sean Connery? Sean Connery's the guy I really like. Okay. Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah, he would definitely win. So you agree too. You agree with me and Dan that Sean Connery is still the best Bond. Okay, gotcha. Now, John, did you show your son in chronological order? Was was Sean Connery the first Bond that he saw? I don't remember. Do you remember what the first James Bond movie you saw was? I think it was Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, I think it was Diamonds Are mm, Forever. Interesting. Yeah. One of the things Jonas finds most important in any Bond movie – now, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jonas, but you think it's very important that James Bond have a cool car. Oh, yeah. Right. So what do you think of the way that, that, that this guy drives a very old car? He drives the old car like Sean Connery did, the gray Aston Martin. He drove it good. He was good. What about the remote control BMW in this one? Yeah, yeah, that was a cool one. Do you think they could make that in real life? I liked the part when they got socked. Oh, Wait, yeah. when they got what? Socked. Oh, like when the bad guys were trying to break into his car and yeah. it was like electrified. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool to have in real life. Number of times I've wanted that. Which I car, think- but Jonas, which, which is your favorite car? Your dad wasn't sure about this. We yeah, talked about it last week. Did you like the white Lotus better? Do you like the gray I Aston like Martin? The, I like the white one that could go in the water. Oh, me too. That's my favorite one. That's the best one, I think. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to go underwater? Wherever yeah. you want to go, you go there. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. I'll tell you what I detected in this movie, which I don't remember from previous viewings. Um... But remember last last week it was a BMW too. So clearly there must have been like a multi-movie BMW. Right. The last one it was the Z3. And this time, if if I'm remembering it right, it was a... 750. Yeah, 750i. Right. It's very clear to me. And these are British movies. Uh, I said before a couple months ago that they've never had anything other than a British director. And somebody corrected me and said, I guess some of the new ones have not had... British directors, but at least in the Albert Cubby era, there was an insistence that the directors be British, and that's right. why they told Steven Spielberg he couldn't direct one and yeah. stuff like that. They're very British movies. They take American financing, you know, from Hollywood, but they're sure. British movies. And I can't help but think that in this movie, Tomorrow Never Dies, there's there's a sort of contempt for the fact that he's driving a German car. 
Yeah. And I think it's why they still put the Aston Martin in earlier before he gets his Q-issued car. Right. And then I feel like they really treated the BMW with contempt. I feel like the way that it was remote controlled. Yeah, and like Q backs it up and kind of smashes it a little bit. And And the telltale contempt to me is the German computer voice. I hated that. I just, that it just came, you know, I remember at the time when I, because I remember seeing this, like, we're now into the time period where I don't have vague memories of seeing the movie in the movie theater. Like, I remember the theater I went to, and I remember, you know, we got a thing of popcorn. Like, I have the, like, I could tell you about that evening and what we had for dinner. Like, that's the, (laughs) we're now into that time frame. And it, for me, I remember thinking in the movie theater how cheesy that voice was. And now... You know, I mean, however many years later, this movie was made in 97, right? So in 2011, it's so cheesy. And another another thing, I know you had a point you were making, but I just don't want to forget this. How come every single one of his gadgets had like multiple modes that it would have to go through? Like even the tiny little lockpick that he has, he pops the thing out of one device and then you've got that little, you know, that little motor sound as the little metal piece of the lockpick has to slide out of the thing. And like the whole thing with the camera at the beginning, you know, the, the arti- everything's articulated in multiple ways. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like that yeah, was very, know. it just struck me as very cheesy. A lot. It was all just very cheesy. The gadgets in this one. But that's not where you're going with this. No, nah, not really. But don't you agree? I, I just don't think that they were very enthusiastic about the BMW 750 no, as a no. car. It was, and I actually thought that was a pretty cool car. Yeah. Man, but it didn't look like a Bond car. No, it doesn't look like a Bond car at all. Like, if we went through and did a poll of favorite Bond cars, that this the one from this movie is going to get zero votes. Yeah, the Aston and Martin would be number one, Lotus would be number two, and then pretty much anything else. Uh, was this car better than the, the, the AMCs, the Javelins, or whatever? Oh, yeah, but the AMC would come in last. <laughs> that would be last. Yeah, the AMC has got to come it's in It's just last. embarrassing. This car well, isn't maybe it wouldn't, though. Maybe it wouldn't, because... Maybe it wouldn't come in last because the AMC is the one that did that crazy loop-de-loop stunt. Huh? Remember that one? Remember the movie where did he did the jump? I, yeah. Wasn't that Golden Eye or something? No, no. Wait, that was Golden Gun, I think. It was Golden Gun. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, man with the Golden Gun. Remember when he had that hick sheriff from the down south yeah. riding in the car with him? Yeah, because at least it did a cool stunt. So I think maybe even the I think even the AMC Hornet would get more votes than the than this one. Definitely, for I, the I think you'd get some votes for the car from that red uh, the red Mustang in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. I didn't, right. I didn't mind this car that much. Right. I still think it's telling that they had to give him the old Aston Martin at the beginning because they they're sort of saying that's his real car. Yeah, so this is this is it's the same way that in in Goldeneye in the beginning when he's driving around with the secretary assessing him that he's right. this is his car. So Tomorrow Never Dies opens with his mission on the Soviet or the Russian border breaking up a terrorist arms sale. Right. So it turns yeah. out that they're going to launch a missile at this thing and he finds out almost before they do and before we do that launching a missile at it would be bad. Because there are uh, nuclear weapons strapped onto the uh, fighter jet that's there. I don't know whether it's an F-16 or F-18. It doesn't matter. And they're, of course, worried about this because it, I forget the exact quote, but it would make Chernobyl look like, what was the line? I forget. 
there's enough plutonium there that it would be environmentally bad. Right. So Bond, of course, is is now has to, and you haven't you haven't yet seen Bond, and I have to say, they're doing they were doing a really good job in this movie with keeping some of the Bond elements, uh, like like coming up with a really cool way to reveal or introduce the bond uh character in in each movie although we already know bond you know the, the the first shot you see of bond is of him with his uh his gold lighter lighting the guy's uh hand rolled cigarette uh right before he sort of punches him out and then chucks the cigarette which it is actually a grenade of some kind right a great intro great way to you know great reveal yeah, and they they didn't. Yeah, I kind of liked it because they didn't really try to. They they waited a long time to to let you know for certain that yes, the guy who's who's showing these right. people in MI six these this camera view is Bond. We kind of you you think it's Bond. You're pretty sure it's Bond, but it you might, don't know. They might, it's Bond. Yeah, they might be playing a game with you. Right. They might be trying to screw you around because that's what they typically do in the Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a suspenseful way to reveal them. Yeah, I thought it was great. Right, and then there's sort of the uh, uh, bureaucratic jerk admiral who's like, "We're launching missiles. I don't care." Right. Against over M's, you know, objection that, "Hey, I've got a guy there. I've got like my best guy there." Right. Right, and it ends up, well, that that jerk, he didn't he didn't wait long enough because ends up there's nukes there. Right. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that they couldn't abort the missile. Well, it had re- it had gone out of range. That was the yeah, problem. Do you really think that they've got missiles that can't abort because of range? I didn't even know missiles like could be aborted that- at all. Right. So, well, I don't know. You know, I'll give it to them. Though. I thought I'll once you it. once you fire a missile, you know, missiles away, you're done. All right, I'll give it to them. Because remember, Super, Superman had to fly after the one missile to to he had to catch up to it and turn it around in the Superman movie. They couldn't abort that thing. He had to go get it. I thought it was a good opening. What did you think of the opening? Yeah, the opening was good. What about the part at the very end of the opening where he's he's in a stolen jet and he's got two guys chasing him. He's got one guy in his own jet trying to choke him and another guy in a jet behind him trying to shoot them down. Yeah, and I think there was another guy behind the guy who was trying to shoot him down. So I think there was two jets behind him. Hmm. Because... Do you remember the joke when he hit the ejector button? Yeah. What was the joke? Yeah, he, he like the top popped off. He was like, "Huh, <laughs> Backseat driver. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure if if an ejector seat really rips you up so fast that you would actually pop into a jet above you, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. But what I thought, you know, wouldn't it have depressurized though? He wasn't wearing a flight suit. He didn't have an oxygen mask. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't that high up. Yeah. I agree that that, that, that was sort of glossed over. Made for a fun fun uh, thing. What about the opening song? I spent the whole opening song. I knew I knew the voice. Yeah. And I couldn't, couldn't Who is place it? it. Who is it? It was Sheryl Crow. That's right. And she's great. And you realize it. And, and you realize that she's got... Uh, and I remember, I'm looking at my notes here, that, that, that I really like this song, too. And I remember this song was actually played on the radio a lot at this time. Yeah, it was pretty popular. You wouldn't you wouldn't imagine Sheryl Crow doing a Bond song, but it works. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was one of the best, but it was it was over the fifty percent line of good or bad. Well, last time we had we had Tina Turner, right? It, yeah, it was good. You don't see how I don't see how different it is from the other opening songs, but it was good. 
I liked it. Do you think the credits take too long in most of these Bond movies? Yeah. In general, Jonas is a fan of putting all the credits at the end of a movie. Yeah. I was as a kid, too. Now I, now I don't mind it as an adult because it sort of sets the tone for the movie. But as a kid, I was just like, why are these taking so long? Let's get past them. Oh, let me ask you this, Jonas. Jonas is also very critical. He believes it's also essential that the very opening of a James Bond movie with the, the little circle, the gun barrel on the screen, and James Bond in a tuxedo, that it's very, very important to these movies. How do you think this, this James Bond does in that opening sequence? He does bad. I like it when they do a little stance thing. Mm. You mean like where they sort of like lean down a little and, and fire it more? This guy just sort of strolls across, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a fan of the the uh, the Pierce Brosnan gun barrel. Yeah. Draw. I can see that. Okay, so then we go to uh, Germany. We're in Germany, and it ends up that uh, the basic story is he's there to investigate this Carver guy, the old guy, but it ends up that... Oh, <laughs> lost my earpiece. Hold on, I'm back. Ends up, though, that this guy's wife is James Bond's old girlfriend. Right. Pretty good setup. Terry yeah. Hatcher. Yeah, Terry Hatcher. She works as a, as a Bond uh, girl. Like, I remember at the time, I just thought of her as, like, a, a, you know, a current a current actress who is attractive and, and now looking back, it really makes you, it really makes you remember what the sort of mid to late nineties were, were like. Right. Well, and she's very famous for a bond girl. Yeah. I mean, most of the bond girls for the 20 some movies that have been made are most famous in their career as for bond, bond girls. Right? Right. Like one of them just died a couple of days yeah, she ago. She drank uh, Drano or something. Well, she, she had cancer. I mean, she, you know, yeah. those, well, she had a reason. It was very sad. But uh, she was the girl in uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. And that was what her, her obituary was like, Bond girl. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I can't. I don't remember her name. But Bond girl blank dies at age whatever. Uh, Terry Hatcher obviously is the opposite where she's, you know, it's almost more like, oh, I forgot that Terry Hatcher was in a Bond movie. Right. Very famous for a Bond girl. And I think she did great. Yeah, some of, I think it's some of Pierce Brosnan's best work. Yeah. Do you, you, love, mean, you mean the, this movie or the interaction well, with her? Well, his scenes with her. Yeah, I thought, I thought so scene, too. I thought the scene where he was like, I've always wondered what I would say if I saw you again, that whole scene. Um, and she orders his drink. And uh, I thought she that was... Yeah, she remembers the drink. and Really well done scene. And then I think the best scene, I think it's the best scene in the movie, is the scene where he's alone in his hotel room just drinking a bottle of vodka. Uh, waiting, waiting to see who, who, who gets sent. And I can't help but feel that he knew it was going to be her. You know, is it going to be a bunch of thugs? Because, you know, he beat those guys up in the soundproof room. Yeah. Uh, but he knew it was going to be her, and that's why yeah. he was drinking. Yeah. What did you think of Jonas? What did you think about the fight in the soundproof room? I like the part when the guy was just like, and then. The guy who's in the room next door. And he doesn't even know, right? If he turned around, he would see it through the window. But because he had his head turned. He couldn't. He didn't even know. Yeah, I like the part where you could only see like blur and like, like it was like so funny for some reason. Somehow it was so funny. It was very funny. I think it's very funny to see a fight going on in the room behind this guy's room, and he doesn't know it's going on. 
And then all of a sudden, yeah, and, and he's just like, like he's staring there, but then there's people fighting over there, and I find it hard to believe that I can't even, like, if <laughs> I can see my dad right now up the corner of my eye. Yeah, you'd notice that you're Jonas. You're saying you'd notice out of the corner of your eye, you could tell there was movement happening in the other room. You yeah. might look. Well, you'd make a better guard than that guy. Yeah, you would. Um, love that scene. Love that scene in his his bedroom with the bottle of vodka. And yeah, that's great. I like the ending when they sink the ship. Well, here's before we get to the ending. See, what I think is important, and I think it's one of the things that makes the first half of this such a good movie, is that the next day, the Terry Hatcher character, I forget her name, but she's killed. She's dead. That's right? one of my favorite parts. It was one of your favorite parts? Why was that one of your favorite parts? <laughs> I like it when they die. The girlfriends. Yeah. That, you're lucky because that happens in almost every movie, every Bond right. movie. Here's the things James Bond does. He fights. He drives fast cars. He drinks martinis. And he kisses girls. Which is the one you don't like? Uh, the last one. The last one. All right. Yeah, you don't like that part of these movies. I, my favorite is the fighting. <laughs> uh, it, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Psycho. Right, like the whole thing with Psycho, the whole gimmick was that the big star of Psycho was was uh, Janet. Uh, what the heck's her last name? Say it, Faith. Lee, I think Janet Lee. Is that right? No, no, no. I don't know. Hold on, chat room might know. I don't know. I thought it was Janet Lee. Yeah, it no. is. Yeah, Janet it is. Lee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, huh? she's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. All right, I was thinking. L-E. It's become like a family show today. We got everybody on this show today. Uh, and she was the big star. And um, prior to Psycho, the way movies work, did you know this? That it, it's, what was Psycho made? Nineteen sixty. Back until then, you wouldn't worry about the showtime. You would just find out where a movie was playing. You'd go buy a ticket and come in and sit down, and you could just come in halfway through the movie. And if you wanted to, you then you'd just stay and watch yeah. the second half of the movie. They would just start it over again immediately. Yeah. After. Alfred Hitchcock got it in the contract that no one was allowed into Psycho after it started. That you had to be there, you had to be in the theater, seated before it started, and then no one else got to come in. And if you came and bought a ticket halfway through, you were told you're going to have to wait in the lo- wait in the lobby. You've got uh, an hour to go before the next showing. And the reason was, is that everybody thought it was a movie about Janet Lee, and she comes in and she's you know she's killed ten minutes into it, which was the most shocking thing anybody had ever seen. Right? Like, like how could you do that? This is a big right. deal. Right, cause it, and the whole thing was set up to that point that it was going to be, you know, and that she had the thing with the money, uh, the check that she was running away with that was going to be as this typical Hitchcock plot where there's this guilty person who goes on this cockamamie adventure and all sorts of t- unexpected things happen to her for, for 85 minutes or 90 minutes. In the reality, minutes. she's almost, you know, just in the first right. few scenes gone. Right, so here you've got Terry Hatcher, big-name actress at the height of her career, cast opposite Pierce Brosnan in a big, huge James Bond movie right after a huge success, GoldenEye. And you think this is going to be Terry Hatcher and Pierce Brosnan gallivanting around the world for, for the next 90 minutes, and instead she's dead. I thought that, I, I, it's too I bad because it, she was really good. I think it's one of, the most, one of the most original and interesting things that they've done in the history of the Bond series. What, are we boring you here? <laughs> are you getting bored? We can wrap. Jonas, we'll wrap it up. 
We'll wrap it up. Because so really, really your dad only likes to talk about the first half of the movie. The second part, he doesn't even want to talk about. What about after Terry Hatcher's killed? I forget his name. Somebody's got to look it up. Look it up. The guy who was the, the science teacher in Fast Times at Ridgemont High <laughs> comes in <laughs> as the ghoulish assassin. That's right. What do you think of that guy, Jonas? Is that, that is that a wait, Richard? Kind of weird. Is he the chakra torture guy? That's a weird guy. He was creepy. Yeah, I didn't like how it looked like he had bags under his eyes. He had very dark eyes. He looked kind of like a zombie almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, a forensic specialist, and he right. could make it look like a suicide shooting you from, uh, what do you say, Dresden? Stuttgart? Picks, he picked some other city in Germany. Yeah, he's like, I could shoot you from a Stuttgart or something. Stuttgart? Yeah. Right. Right. I have a good memory. Yeah. And how did James Bond get him? How did he trick him? He, he gave him the phone, and then he was like, press that button, and it'll unlock the car, and then he pressed it. And then he'll be like, and he shocked him. <laughs> right, it shocked him, right? <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. That was very cool. And it was definitely, uh, I thought, you know, right after one of the most original things in a Bond movie, this death of a co-star who you really don't expect to die. Like the Bond, you know, the, the, the good Bond girl almost never dies if she's a big name. Um, then they do something which is a total wink and nod to the office's familiarity with the the genre, which is this gadget that Q has explained to him, and you know exactly what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You know that the phone's got a shocker. Uh, that the gadget that Q gave him 20 minutes ago is going to save his life. It just happens to have just the right uh, gimmick that, that Bond needs to get out of this. Then this is where the movie starts to kind of turn. Right. Now, just for the record, one thing I wanted to mention last last week when we were talking about Goldeneye, you know, I, we were mentioning the special effects in the beginning with the plane and the tower and, and them being kind of cheesy. The, this one, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not sure if they actually used real jet footage or whatever, but it looked great. And the bombs look, and everything in the beginning, it looked great. Yeah, yeah it looked great. Yeah. That for two years later is a huge upgrade in special effects, I thought. Yeah. I think maybe that's from the from the money Goldeneye made, you know, that that be because GoldenEye was made after these unsuccessful ones. I don't know. It definitely looked better. Yeah. I don't think the movie goes downhill yet. I still think it's good. And I like the, um, the Chinese secret agent. I like the idea that, that he's working with uh, you know, this woman from China. Uh, I thought the motorcycle chase was actually cool, cuffed in an awkward way so they can never really get comfortable sharing the, the motorcycle. I, don't get it. I forget how they're handcuffed, though. I think they were handcuffed like uh, his left hand was to her right hand. I said, I forget how they got handcuffed. Oh, yeah. How did they get handcuffed? Who handcuffed them? I don't know. I don't even. I don't remember anyone putting handcuffs on them. It was when they got captured at Carver's media thing, and then they were handcuffed together, and Carver explained his plot to uh, destroy the world, and he was about to leave. I don't like the part when the bad guys explain their whole plan. You don't like that? Keep it secret, dude. <laughs> Jonas, what is, what is Tuco's law? When you want to suit, suit, don't talk. Exactly. And did they break that law in this movie with James Bond? 
Right. Just shoot him. Just shoot him and you get away with it. I like the. I also like the part when when they had that machine that looked like a bionic shark, where it just drills through the ship. Oh, you're talking about it at, at, at the beginning. Yeah, when there's like that thing with the drills. Yeah, we didn't right. even talk about the drill. Right, that it's like a torpedo that looks like a mechanical shark almost. Right, and they can dry, It chews up the the ship as it drives through, and they just drive it from one part of the yeah. ship to the other and chew up the whole thing and sink the whole thing. At the end, I like it when um, the old guy gets chopped up by the sort thing. Oh, where he gets all chopped up? Yeah. I wonder if Elliot Carver has a... Elliot Carver was his name, not Anthony Carver. I wonder if Elliot Carver has a little harder hearing because I feel like after Bond set, set that, uh, that drilling torpedo towards him, it didn't really seem like he t- turned around when this crazy drilling torpedo was coming around him until the last second. Wonder if maybe he needs a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. I think, and then I think um, James Bond was like, um, "Yeah, look around, look behind you," and he was like, "Ah!" <laughs> what did you think of the motorcycle chase? I thought the motorcycle chase was pretty good. That was a great one. Yeah, and I thought that the stunt where they jumped over the building over the helicopter—I don't know how they did it, but it looked good. I mean, who that knows? had maybe. to be real. That was real, right? I don't know. I don't know. It was. About this. Looked really good though. And it was sort of a new setting, the whole Chinese thing. I don't think that he'd ever been in China before. Well, right? we know he'd been in Japan. He's been in Asia before a number of times, but this might have been the first one for China. What did you think of the uh, the, the Walther P99 replacing the PBK? He's been, lots of different, he's been in lots of different countries in his movies. You're right. Yeah. What did you think of his new gun? Did you see that? He took a new gun, but instead of getting it from Q, he took it from, from China. Yeah, and, and then when he saw it, he was like, I've been asking you for one of these. <laughs> yeah, I'd be worried if I were him that it was a Chinese knockoff, though. <laughs> right. Which gets right back to... Uh, fake Chinese, uh, yeah, Apple Store. Yeah. I trust... You know what, though? I trust him to, to uh, be able to identify a Chinese A real knockoff. gun, yeah. Yeah. I, I take it back. There's no way you could fool James Bond. <laughs> what about when she wanted to drive the motorcycle? It was weird. Right. Who, who, and, who and should then, get to drive? I even said, let James Bond drive. <laughs> It'd be weird what, having, having her drive. Now, now, this is where Jonas and I, I think, disagree, though. I thought that the end scene where they had to blow up and destroy the stealth ship, I thought it got boring. Jonas, what did you think of the end when they blew up the ship? It was cool. My favorite part of the ending was when uh, the... When it was when they blew up, when they um blow up that guy, that guy's leg in the end, where they put the explosives on the missile. Ah, oh, right, and right, right. James Bond's in a fight, and he he like kicks a thing that makes a big heavy thing come down and pins the yes, guy's leg. It's the missile. Yeah, it's a missile. He pins the guy's leg with a missile. Plus, you've already put the explosives on, and I was like, T minus one minute. Like three seconds or something, right? And then I made a joke that that's gonna cost his medical bill. <laughs> jo- yeah, Jonas's Jonas's joke is that that guy's health insurance was gonna go up. It was gonna pay a big medical bill. My thought was that he missed an opportunity to make a joke about giving him a hot foot. Mm. It didn't. Get- I like the part when that they suit they suit. Um, they showed the scene where that girl was climbing up the ladder. 
Like, he was climbing up to the ladder, and then he was climbing on the ceiling. It was cool. You mean when she had the grapple thing on her belt? No, remember that scene when she was climbing up the ladder? And then, didn't, didn't you see that scene where she was, like, on the roof of outside of the building, the set? Oh, I think I do remember that. Yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. And I also like the part once he was walking down the side of the building. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too when they were escaping, trying to escape from that, uh, from that, uh, the media center. And she had that grapple thing. To me, it looked like the mall. It looked like the mall? <laughs> it did kind of look like the mall. Like the escalators and stuff. <laughs> That's right. Well, what do you think of the ending, Dan? You know, I mean, to me, really, this is this this is the same thing that we've talked about before, and, and and that is the first half of the movie, the setup, all of that is great, and it really was great. And then at the end, you know, it's like a typical super spy, you know, big explosions, all that stuff. Uh, you know, it was okay. I mean, not to disagree with Jonas, but it wasn't the best ending. I actually liked the ending of GoldenEye a little bit better. Mm. I, don't, I don't really remember the ending of GoldenEye. The ending of Golden, I remember when he got in a fight with that guy who used to be a double O agent, and then he beat him up and he fell all the way down. Off. I didn't really like that. <laughs> and then the whole that thing, wasn't really good. The whole thing fell on the guy. Yeah, and I liked the part when he was like, "I am Vince." That guy with the glasses was like, <laughs> and then he stand up and he stood up and then he was like, I am invincible. And then he's like, these things went off and then he got frozen. And then I was like, no, you are frozenable. <laughs> That's exactly right, John. That's You're right. right. That like is the, right. I like that one scene in the end. Yeah. The rest was kind of lame. Hmm. So which movie do you think you like better? This one, Tomorrow Never Died or Goldeneye? Tomorrow Never Died. I like hmm. the explosions. Yeah, they look better. Well, next next week, Jonas, it's The World Is Not Enough. That's the name of next week's. Have you seen that one yet? No. No, no. He's all new to the Pierce Brosnan uh, okay. Bond. Has not seen any of them. Well, I hope you like it. Yeah. You, you know think- what The World Is Not Enough? Do you know where that comes from? No. It's been referenced once before in a James Bond movie. It was referenced in... On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Now, that's the one with the James Bond in a skirt. <laughs> I don't think that one. Um, it's the Bond family that motto. That one was torture. When, when Bond goes torture. to the guy who, who what's, what do they call those guys? The genealogist? And he says, you're, you know, your family's blah, blah, blah. And your family, here's your family coat of arms. And the mod, your family's motto is the world is not enough. Right. All right, well, next week... Sounds we'll, like a show. Yeah, we will be back next week to talk about uh, The World Is Not Enough. Finally, another one that's available on iTunes. In fact, all of the rest of them are available on iTunes. And right. uh, somebody told me that they're going to be airing them on cable TV this weekend. Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi has it. All right. So if you're a cheapskate, you can run them all, you can watch them all on Sci-Fi. Yeah, with commercials. I think you're going to get stuck watching commercials, though. Yeah. Sci-Fi is one of those networks with commercials, right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so that's it for the show. So we'll be back. be back next week, right? All right. Well, thanks for being here, Jonas. Yeah, thank you, Jonas. Jonas, do you think you'll come back for future shows? Do you think you'll ever be back again? Maybe. Well, I hope you. I hope you come back again. 
Thank you. Have a good week, Jonas. Okay. Bye.